The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 165 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is Safe Social Zone for Children with Autism and Other Learning Differences. Autism is the most common type of brain problems that collectively are called autism spectrum disorders. With autism spectrum disorders, children and adults communicate, interact, behave and learn in ways that create challenges for them and their families, and in ways that make them vulnerable to various types of abuse. Autism spectrum disorders occur in all racial, ethnic, and economic groups. They occur in about 1 in 88 children, and they occur five times more often in boys than girls. Autism spectrum disorders have no cure, but early interventions greatly improve a child's development. Early interventions for autism spectrum disorders are now increasingly focused on care that family caregivers can provide, which is why our topic is so important. Safe social zone for children with autism and other learning disorders. And it's so important, especially to family caregivers. So to discuss it, our guests are Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. Now, Sarah is the mom of two boys, one with ADHD, anxiety and celiac disease, and she has a 12-year-old nephew on the autism spectrum. She's passionate about creating social, recreational and creative opportunities for underestimated kids. She's been trained in key therapies. She created SquagPad, a website that encourages mindfulness self-reflection and original thinking with autism. SwagPad is a parent-child communication system that offers a new way to help parents connect with their kids and to help kids safely connect with each other. She writes for the Huffington Post Canada, Autism Speaks Canada, Friendship Circle International, The Autism File Global, and Autism Asperger's Digest. Jonathan, Jonathan was a president and CEO at Sun Microsystems prior to its acquisition by Oracle. By background, he's one quarter Indian, one quarter Welsh on his mother's side, one quarter Hungarian, and one quarter Russian on his father's side. He holds degrees in mathematics and economics, 
and in 1986 he was nearly killed while riding on the Amtrak colonial train that crashed in Chase, Maryland. He says the incident had a profound impact on his life. He is now the co-founder and chief executive officer of CareZone. And he explains that CareZone was started for people like him who must simultaneously care for children and parents. So welcome to the show, Sarah and Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's Sarah, please. Sarah, please tell us about Squag. Sure. Um, well, as you said so beautifully, we um, we really wanted to create something for kids with autism to do um, after a long day. Um, and we knew that um, they were spending a lot of their time doing much-needed therapies and a lot of uh, intervention and things that they needed to do in order to address um, some obstacles that they were facing. But we thought it was really important to create something that they could do at home in their downtime that would help them to um, build ideas about themselves and um, uh, self-explore and um, start to begin to advocate uh, for their interests and their perspective and um, really create a new connection between them and their parents and, and them with themselves. So um, uh, it was born of my experience with working with my nephew, as you said, and um, we're really excited about um, the way kids are using it. And um, we have a lot of creativity going on and some really great conversations started. And um, the whole Squagpad experience, which is the child experience, is supported by a parent dashboard. So um, we've uh, gotten some great feedback from parents as well because um, they're beginning to see their kids um, from a fresh perspective. Um, and it's all visual communication and it's completely private. Um, and in the future, we'd love to build a peer-to-peer version where kids can find each other based on um, their interests. So, um, yeah, we're just getting started. <laughs> Jonathan, please tell us about CareZone. Uh, you bet. And uh, first, thanks very much for the opportunity. So, um, as you mentioned, uh, I'm uh, simultaneously caring for kids as well as my parents, which is a situation that uh, I think most folks ultimately find themselves in. And um, and I uh, also have a, a brother um, I'm very close to who has an autistic child. And uh, the both of us were talking uh, when he first uh, adopted his child a little over a decade ago about how much information there was to keep track of. And, you know, the Internet's just filled with so many wonderful productivity tools, but for the most part, the tools that are designed for storage or coordination and the kinds of things you would do when you're trying to run a household um, aren't really well met because most of the tools that are out there are, you know, designed to help you socialize or connect with your classmates or, you know, find a job. So what uh, I and my co-founder wanted to do um, was to create a service that would be of great utility to parents who have busy lives um, that would just bring all the best of Internet productivity to them in their uh, kind of caregiving responsibilities, just for everyday parenting, and make it uh, easy for them to get access to critical information, you know, share it with a babysitter, uh, make sure that your family's up to date on what's going on, and just be there when you need it, not the kind of thing that you're necessarily going to visit every day, 
but a safe place to go put your kid's blood type and allergies and social security number, as well as maybe, um, you know, keep a journal of what's going on with your child's diet or keep a, um, you know, uh, a set of, uh, you know, reports from allergists or clinicians. Um, just give yourself a, a safe place online that you can get access to with a smartphone. So that's basically what CareZone was designed to, to do. Right. Sarah, please tell us what the benefits are that come to children with autism that they get from computers connected to the internet? The benefits. Sarah? Uh, well, I mean, there's so many benefits. Um, I think I think one of the most paramount benefits is that it's it's visual. And so, you know, this generation of kids, the way all our kids now um, engage with screens and visual information is um, is so engaging. And so I think that's the biggest piece of it is that um, we have an opportunity with technology to to engage kids in a new way and to make them available to learn. Um, so we're seeing this all over with some um, technology and tablets, and it's really, really exciting. And I think the other thing that it creates um, is a community. Um, and, you know, for lots of kids who may feel that, you know, they're the only one who has a particular interest or the only one who has a particular struggle, um, it's great for them to know that there are other kids out there going through the same thing. And so um, it offers that support in real time. And I think that's really exciting. Jonathan, what are the benefits that computers connected to the Internet bring to family caregivers, the kind of people you are, so to speak, and the kind of people you're talking about and you're addressing? Jonathan? Well, I, I think it's important to compare, you know, a world that is connected with an Internet um, to the world that was, you know, that, that existed before that. I mean, for uh, all intents and purposes, parents would stuff the uh, upper right-hand drawer of their desk in their den with all the information that was, uh, you know, needed in, in case of an emergency. And and then, you know, there's a few problems with your desk drawer. Number one, um, you know, there could be a flood in your house and your desk goes away. Number two, you could be out of the house and not have access to it. Number three, it's very difficult to, to share your desk drawer with, you know, your friends and neighbors or, you know, your, your parents. And uh, so the Internet really just brings uh, a world of possibility, and uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, as in some sense it, it, it has become. I mean, most services today, um, I think ours, uh, you know, the two that we're talking about today are, are anomalies. We're exceptions to the rule. Most services today are built on this trade-off where you, you buy productivity with your privacy. And if you're a parent taking care of a vulnerable child or a vulnerable parent, um, that's just not okay. And so... Uh, you know, clearly the world today is, is better off because the Internet exists and keep us, you know, can keep us connected, can keep us safe, can keep us backed up. Um, but obviously those trade-offs, you know, don't need to come with it. Just a quick question to both of you, because we're going to be going into the break in a second. The idea of community for the children and also perhaps for the family caregivers, is that something that, first of all, with you, Sarah, counts for a lot? And does it count for a lot for you, Jonathan, as well? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, as, as to what Jonathan was saying, I mean, I think that when parents can log on to a system that reflects what their needs are, um, it's, it's the same thing that they're doing when they're using social media as well, is that they know instantly that 
um, they're not the only person who is having that kind of day or, you know, dealing with that particular tantrum or um, uh, accomplishment or, you know, big moment that um, that come along with, um, you know, a lot of, of, of these uh, kids' lives. And right. so... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but oh, uh, we're going to run out of time. So, and I just okay. want to hear Jonathan on this. Okay. Jonathan, um, oh. community. I, I think, I mean, uh, it, it, uh, I'm not sure it, it bears repeating because it seems so foundational. But, uh, you know, of course, community is important, um, I think, to people. People are, we're social animals. And knowing that someone's going through a, a similar experience, I think, can be hugely helpful. Even if they can't do anything in the open, just, just being able to say, I understand, I think, is, you know, one of the most uh, palliative of things that, that can be said. Yeah. I want to say to both of you, that just by way of summary, that uh, that's a thing I hear often on this show, that the first thing that um, family caregivers particularly experience is that sense of loneliness of being alone and being able to connect with other people that have lived, traveled the road, lived on, lived with this problem, traveled the road and have found things that help them is powerfully important. So with that, it's time for us to take the break. This is where we pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We'll be coming back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Who would you like to meet today? Every week that question can be answered on Spark One with Audrey King Wissiger. Our guests are successful people from all walks of life who are willing to share the secrets to their success. Get ready to ask musicians, comedians, athletes, entrepreneurs, and artists everything you wanted to know about them, including their views on coaching style, sports psychology, parenting, food and wine, journalism, media, and much more. Spark One is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time well spent. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. Our topic is Safe Social Zone for Children with Autism and Other Learning Differences. Now let's talk about the challenges that computers connected to the Internet bring to children with autism and family caregivers. So, Sarah, first, please tell us about the challenges as you see them that computers connected to the Internet bring for children with autism. 
Well, I, I, there's a few challenges. I mean, the most the most obvious one is safety, um, and you know there are some huge safety issues that are associated with kids using the internet, um, and it requires parents to be involved um, every step of the way. Um, but I also think that one of the things that is so prevalent now is that it's a really noisy space, the internet, and um, kids are being inundated with ads and fast moving. Um, fast-moving uh, content all the time, and sometimes it's difficult for all kids to to navigate that in a mindful way. I think we're moving, we're all moving a little too fast, <laughs> and um, that was one of the things that we took into consideration when we built our, our, our platform is to sort of stop the noise and, and take a breath and, and give kids an opportunity to engage. Okay. Jonathan, it's the same question. The challenges that computers connected to the internet bring to fam family caregivers and families. And I'm particularly interested in what Sarah said, that is the safety challenges. Please talk about those. You bet. So there was a, um, a, a study that was just released yesterday by the uh, U.S. Federal Trade Commission, uh, which basically uh, cited a few app developers on smartphones as uh, collecting information that was entirely uh, inappropriate, the location of children, um, you know, their browsing habits. Uh, so I think the, the issue of safety and security is probably paramount, not, not least of all, um, you know, for parents um, who also have to worry about what, what's going on with their children as they connect with the Internet. So I think knowing the businesses that are delivering uh, service to you that you are using uh, is incredibly important. And, it, you know, it, in, in some ways it's, like, you know, choosing a doctor. You want to understand, you know, reputation and past experience and, and what other people have uh, have seen and felt as a result of it. Um, and so I think it, it really puts a, a burden on parents to be a little bit smarter. I mean, the, the most convenient answer isn't always the best answer, and that's, I think, true on the Internet as it is anywhere else. Now, Sarah, what help do children with autism and their family caregivers need to combat the challenges? Um, well, I mean, I think the first thing is we need standards um, and, you know, COPPA standards and other standards. People constantly need to be held to those standards so that everything that kids have access to um, is safe. Um, and then the other thing is, too, like conceptually, I think parents sometimes... I know from personal experience, um, sometimes I feel like our kids are ahead of us. And it's overwhelming for parents to feel like their kids are more proficient with technology than they are. Um, and so parents need to be guided and they need to feel like um, they're competent and that they're in step with their kids and that they're adopting technology at the same time. Jonathan, it's the same question, but relating more broadly to families family caregivers, and obviously the children that they're caring for. So what help do you think they need? And can you also refer to what Sarah mentioned, standards, the question of standards? Jonathan, the help? Um, I, you know, I think that the, the best thing businesses can do uh, that are trying to serve parents is be as transparent as possible about what their intentions are. What are they planning on doing with the data they're aggregating? What are they planning on doing with the user bases that they're building? Um, and that's, I think, certainly, a, uh, you know, it's an easy burden for those of us who are who are proud of our business models or proud of the way that we're, we're running our business. I think in an advertising-led Internet, 
um, more often than not, uh, that transparency is very hard to come by because, you know, at the end of the day, users are, are not customers of those businesses. We are their products, and they're selling us to their advertisers. So, um, you know, I think in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, what we can do to help folks, uh, you know, I think that the first and foremost, we can just talk about how we run our businesses and make sure that people are aware of, you know, the safety and the privacy um, and that we, you know, try to do so in a way that's, that's faithful over the long run. Going back to Sarah now, Jonathan said how we run our businesses. Please tell us about what your squag does in the way of providing help to children of the kind that you've both been speaking of and that seems to be so very important. What does squag do in the way of helping kids, family caregivers? Well, first of all, I totally agree. I think transparency is... Um is it, it has to be it has to be held across all business, businesses that that are in this field, and actually, I think it should be applied to every business. But speaking personally from from our perspective, um, we have to have a connection with the people that are using our platform, and we always said that the whole point of building it was to. Um, be able to reflect what our users needed um, because the whole point is for kids to begin self-advocacy and if they can tell us how they're using it and what they need, then we can respond. And so we need transparency on both sides. And, and, and I think that, you know, um, people living the life um, are, are need a voice in how, how things go forward in the greater community. So we work with, um, you know, nonprofit organizations and, um, and research organizations and, um, and we bridge the gap, um, between, um, between people living a life every day and people working hard to understand autism. Jonathan, please tell us how you deal with these issues. Um, the question of providing help the transparency, and all the things that you've both mentioned. How do you do that in CareZone? Well, what we do fundamentally is we try to uh, simplify the lives of those that are caring for some, you know, someone vulnerable. I, I, I couldn't agree more strongly with the point you made earlier. You know, taking care of someone who, who needs your help is um, really takes a, a huge amount of time and effort, and that's time and effort that typically don't go into other things, and the net result of that is um, folks who are caring, especially for um, kids on the spectrum, is they end up feeling very isolated. Um, so what what we try to do in our corner of the world is uh, just make life a little simpler for someone who's got a very complicated life. Give them a place they can rely on, making sure that it's available on a smartphone, um, that no matter where they are, they know they can get access to critical information, and more to the point, that they can invite uh, a spouse or a sibling or a neighbor into the account safely with complete control. So in the event they can't be there, somebody else has access to the same information. So, you know, our, our, our highest aspiration is just to make life a little easier for parents. And, um, and you know, fundamentally, that's what, you know, every day we wake up, we come to work, that's what we want to do. We want to know, you know, how can we help and what can we do? Right. Now, an awkward question coming up for both of you. Sarah, um, kind of mention of non-profits and those kinds of organizations. Sarah, are you implying then that a for-profit organization has to be viewed with additional uh, suspicion uh, or does it really matter if the organization 
uh, is for profit as long as it obeys all the things you've talked about, like transparency. Sarah, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think that um, we're a certified B Corporation, and what that implies is that we're a benefit corporation. So we're held to specific standards um, in terms of the people we hire, um, our the community we serve, uh, and 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 there's there's a rating scale of, and we we have to meet that rating scale every year in order to be certified. Um, but I think the reason why we're a for profit business is that um, we really believe that. Um, for-profit enterprise is very valuable in the greater community, bringing together um, all the different moving pieces um, and driving the needs of the community forward. So we have a mandate to give back to um, our not-for-profit partners, and we're able to drive revenue for them at the same time. Um, so uh, it was a, a missing piece for us. Um, and we thought about it long and hard, and we came to the conclusion that it was necessary in order to do the work that we want to do. Right. Jonathan, question for you then. Same question. What about for-profits, non-profits? How, what are you? How do you see any difference between them? Um, where do you stand on that particular question? Well, I, um, I'm a big believer that... Uh, you know, the, the structure of a corporation or corporations for that matter don't have ethics. People have ethics. And, um, you know, I can identify from the, the past some awfully unethical nonprofits and some remarkably productive and, you know, beneficial for profits. So I don't think the status, um, you know, matters nearly so much as what's the intent of the people who are running the place? What is it that their stated uh, objective is and what are they doing to fulfill that objective? So, um, you know, we're very clear about what we want to do. We're very clear with our users that our service is entirely free. We're, you know, clear um, about how we expect to make money, uh, which is by delivering services that go beyond the mainstream service that, that's out in the marketplace. Um, and that transparency to me is how you, that's how, that's what you can hold us accountable to, you know, as opposed to what happens to the money, you know, we gather. I'm just going to make a comment back to both of you, if I may, and that is, uh, there's a question also of value, isn't there? That is to say, if what you're both doing is valuable to people, then whether or not you provide it to them without cost, the fact is that somebody is willing to pay in some way for that value. Um, and therefore, uh, providing the value is one of the driving forces behind the kinds of services you both um, are providing, which is to say that CareZone really has to make life easier and simpler for families. I'm oversimplifying when I say that, but I think that's a fundamental. And also from Sarah's point of view, it helps uh, children, families, struggling with autism challenges um, to find ways of bringing uh, their children to their full power, their full capabilities to connect with each other and to use computers in such a way that they become extensions of the way they communicate, the way they think, the way they behave in a way that doesn't expose them to danger but at the same time provides them with immense value. And I think that becomes of itself a very important objective and people, it has to be paid for. There's nothing in this life is free. And so therefore, I'm really doing the promotion for both of you to say value is the key thing. And therefore, 
for-profit businesses, uh, as long as they obey the rules you both set down, seem to me a right way to go. Now, after that little lecture, and I apologize for it, but nevertheless, I think it, it's something that I would have liked, I would like to say to you. Uh, we're going to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Avery, and my guests are Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. Our topic is safe social zone for children with autism and other learning differences. So now let's talk more about the help that family caregivers need to combat the challenges created by computers connected to the Internet and the challenges that are brought to children and their family caregivers. So Sarah, starting with you. What do you see as the benefits if children with autism and their family caregivers receive and act on the help they need to combat the challenges, all the challenges you've been talking about, created by computers connected to the Internet? Sarah? Um, well, I think the, the benefit is that um, these kids are finding their voice. Um, you know, they have incredible mentorship by an amazing self-advocate community um, that are older, you know, adults on the spectrum who express themselves through their blog and Twitter and Facebook. They have all this amazing mentorship. They have their parents supporting them um, in their, you know, their experience online. Um, and I, I think that what the most exciting thing is that kids can then begin to find their way Um you know, find their sense of self a little bit earlier on than maybe the generation before them um, and really start to um, understand their own autism and, you know, celebrate their gifts and, and find their way. Um, that, that, to me, is the most exciting piece of it. Right. Same question for you, Jonathan. Um, benefits. If the family caregivers and families receive and act on the help they need to combat, combat the challenges 
that are created by computers, computers connected to the Internet, the kind of things you've been talking about. So the benefits, Jonathan? Well, I think that the benefits are, um, I mean, you, you could have a whole show just devoted to that. I mean, the, the Internet can be a very safe place that is kind of ubiquitously accessible uh, on, a, on a global basis by uh, you know, a compelling community of, of experts in nearly every domain. Um, you know, I, I just think it's it's so important to, you know, see the things that you want out of a network-connected world and make sure that you're directing your efforts to go take advantage of them, as opposed to, you know, again, viewing your desk drawer or a notebook or your handbag as a, as a, as a safer place. So, um, you know, not only is it a great place to connect with people who have expertise that you may benefit from, it's also just a great personal utility to make your life simpler. I mean, imagine the day before you had a smartphone, you know, with you um, and, you know, the difference it makes in, in daily life. So I, I think just looking at the benefits the network brings uh, to parents, it's like, well, what's the benefit the network brings to businesses? I mean, it's just it, it's, uh, it's kind of compounding every day and, and, and very difficult to quantify. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to... Uh, ask the same question but in reverse and that is what are the consequences and this is for you to start with first Sarah please what are the consequences if children and their family caregivers don't receive or don't act on the help they need to combat the challenges we're talking about so what if they don't get the help and what or what if they don't act on the help what are the consequences Sarah Gordon, is it possible just to add to what we were talking about before? Because I think Jonathan made a really important point. Um, one Please of the do. things, one of the things that CareZone does, and I know because I'm a member, um, um, that CareZone does, and also what we do for kids, is that it makes um, it makes the experience visual. And so it's inc- it's encoded. And so, you know, like Jonathan was saying, can you imagine what it, it was like the day before you had that smartphone? So when I go into my CareZone account and I see everything that I've logged about my child's diet or its medication, it's it's done for me. It's there and, and it encodes differently because it's visual. And with Squag, with the Squag pad, that's what we do for kids, too, because it's great that, you know, um, one of our users scored three points in basketball, but it's even greater if he encodes it and he sees it and he takes it in and he builds on that um, that, that feeling of, of accomplishment. So I think that that's a really important piece of, 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 of the work that we're both doing is that it is visual and, and, and it does encode differently and, it, um, and it's really valuable for people on this journey. And I think just... Um and sorry to take over your show, Gordon, but I think the, the, Go ahead. There, there's this great, um, you know, one, one of the other tremendous things about uh, a world of connected uh, uh, individuals is, you know, the expertise that Sarah has in, um, you know, in understanding what her family is going to be, the expertise that, that I have in my chosen domain, the medical expertise that's available, you know, from professionals across um, uh, the world you know, all of that can be accessible if you choose to, you know, go find it. And, you know, the notion that we can kind of bring that to bear, you know, when I watch my, um, you know, my little nephew, um, you know, there's certain behaviors that are really bad for him. And so he ends up spending time in environments that are not going to tap into that, but have been crafted for him, you know, to make sure that he's constantly challenged. So he's continually developing and not iterating in ways that wouldn't be helpful for him. And, 
you know, the, it, the, the marketplace is so vast and so expansive, and there's so much of that expertise that just continues to emerge. Um, that means, in some sense, that, you know, the Internet will never be a one-size-fits-all thing. It'll always be able to adapt to people who care about a chosen domain and want to spend their time working on it, whether it's autism or, you know, uh, you know, private services. Um, you know, I, I just think that that's the, the most exciting thing for me is that people who have these, these vertical expertise can kind of gather together and create services that really do solve a problem for people all over the world because mm-hmm. neither of us have services that are going to be dependent upon the zip codes that we're in. We're all delivering services that people can get access to over the web. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what do you think about what Jonathan just said, and in particular, uh, benefits of getting the help, a kind of navigation of all the complexities out there on the net that uh, Jonathan was talking about? Sarah? I, I totally agree. And, and I think, too, um, when, you're, when you're taking action on it because you're logging it, or you're, you know, you're journaling it in your, as, you know, as kids do in our square pads or as I do in my tear zone journal. When I'm logging it, it's, I've taken it off of my plate and I've either, you know, in, in the care zone um, case, I've sent, I've sent it to my husband so he's on board and he knows what that new information is or I've, I've journaled it for myself and, um, and it really does help lighten the load. Um, because you just, you can't keep it all in your head at the same time. So, so, I mean, I think that's, that's the beauty of having access like this to, to all these, these, um, all these resources and all of the information and being able to, being able to, um, to navigate it and, and organize it in a way that makes sense to you. Um, and that's, you know, what we're trying to do for kids too with Squag. Right. Jonathan, the word trust, um, it's, seems to me that implicit in what both of you have been saying is that sense that how people uh, interact with the kind of services you're providing uh, will be influenced by the extent, I believe, to which they trust it and therefore you to adhere to uh, the transparency, the standards, your promises, and the rest of it. Now, that's a question rather than a statement, Jonathan. What do you think about this issue of trust? Well, I, I mean, I think that that's just as accurate, probably more so, in, in the kinds of things that, that, that we've been talking about as it is in any industry. I mean, if you don't trust a bank, you're not going to leave your money there. If you don't trust a business, you're not going to allow your child to spend time there. You're not going to leave your, um, you know, your journal there. So I think, I think, but, you know, trust is, is based on experience in my book. I mean, I don't care what little symbols are shown on the front page of websites. I mean, I see this ever, ever growing, you know, list of images that we're supposed to show so people know they can trust us. And I, I just, I just don't believe it. I mean, the, the best way to build trust is deliver a great service and then the people that you're delivering it to will tell other people they can trust you. Um, but I think it, it's foundational. And I think in, in some ways it's also been somewhat missing because, uh, again, I mean, there's always been this ulterior motive of an ad-driven network, which is we want we want to get as much information from you as possible so we can sell it to somebody else. And I think, you know, over the next 10 years, that's not going to be nearly as interesting as how can we engage autistic kids in a truly faithful way that helps to solve problems that no one else has been able to solve because they haven't been able to build a community of them or really understand behavior in the large. Right. Sarah? I totally agree. Um, and, and, uh, and I think that it comes back to um, transparency and accessibility. I mean, 
uh, my my our platform doesn't work without um, feedback and constant conversation with our users, and 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 you know that builds trust. Um, and and it, it's it's a human it's a human trait, and I don't think that that can be. Mike Donovan said, I don't think that a little symbol on your website does that. I think you, you do that through your actions and the way like you run your business every day. Does that also, this is a follow-up question, Sarah, for you. Does that also have something to do with the people who uh, use your service being aware of who you are? That is, you're a person rather than a machine or a computer or a multinational or something. Does that play any part in the idea of trust? Sure. I mean, I think so. I, I, I've been pretty open and about who I am and why I started this and, you know, why our family felt there was a need for something like this. Um, and I mean, that's where blogging and Twitter and all that stuff comes in. You can, you can sort of follow where we started and where we are now. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a crazy thing that you can share such a personal, personal experience, um, and have, you know, your business be the culmination of it. But I mean, it's all there. <laughs> it's, it's all there, the, the whole process. So it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool. I sleep at night because, um, I know that 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 I've done it sort of, you know, with with the right, um, you know, with the right intention and that I have I have myself to answer to. So I wouldn't I wouldn't build something based on an experience to change my life unless it was um, done with integrity. Jonathan, just a quick question to you about this. Do you think it's important that. You, so to say, as a person, are known to be behind what you're doing. Does that matter? I, I will tell you, you know, we, we, all of the decisions we make at CareZone are based on math. And, um, and, and the math here is actually uh, illuminating, which is the open rates on emails we send out are, um, you know, way, way higher when I send them than when we send them from a company alias, which tells me that, um, people trust people more than they trust companies. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think, um, you know, knowing that Sarah is behind the service and being able to see a video of Sarah or listen to a radio show or, you know, read something she's written on a blog makes me infinitely more interested to understand what problems she's solving because I understand how she thinks and I understand what her what her values really are. Um, and I think that that's true for all the greatest brands in the world. They're all run by people that you that you really are fond of in some way. So, you know, again, you know, it's just ranked by Twitter followers. There's a lot more people with Twitter followers than there are companies. <laughs> right. Very good. Now, we do have to go into the break, so let's do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Everly, and my guests are Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We'll be coming back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's time to take an amazing journey, a journey to gold. Join your host, CJ, every week as she introduces you to amazing people who are following their dreams and changing their lives with a new attitude. 
hear from the stars who are stepping outside the box. Be sure to listen for the Dream Quest Challenge with Josie Pasentino, where you'll vote on the music of independent artists. Find out how you can be a part of this life-changing experience. Maybe we'll be talking to you on a future show. Journey to Gold is heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sarah Winter and Jonathan Schwartz. Our topic is safe social zone for children with autism and other learning differences. Let's now talk about ways to increase efforts to make more use of computers connected to the internet to help children with autism and family caregivers. And Sarah, starting with you, what do you want to do and what do you want to see done to increase help for children with autism and their family caregivers so they can make more, more, more use of computers connected to the internet. Sarah? Well, I think education is key. I think that um, you have to help people understand why it's relevant um, and in what context. But I mean, I really think it is happening. I mean, it's, it's, it's really exciting to see, um, you know, um, organizations set up just to get iPads uh, uh, to kids that need them. Um, and we're seeing technology come into the classroom. And, and all, all it's really taking is, is an open mind and access to resources. So the more that we can educate people about what, like, what's out there and how they could use it, um, the more um, we can get kids um, connected. Education. Is, I'm just coming back to you quickly on this. What you're saying is education for families, for children, for the public, for the bureaucrats. Education for whom? Uh, education for everyone who needs it to understand why technology is so valuable for these kids um, and in what context. So if, you, if we offer, we can't just say, oh, iPads are awesome, here you go. We need to be able to provide an, uh, a framework about how kids can use them and, and give them freedom within that framework so that they can find things on their own. I, I'm not saying find things on the Internet on their own, but find ways to use computers on their own that are valuable for them because autism affects people so differently. Um, and we have a lot to learn by, by um, you know, putting it in, in kids' hands to see what they come up with in a safe context, of course. Right. Jonathan. What do you want to do and what do you want to see done to increase help for family caregivers now with children with autism and other health conditions like it so that they can make more use and benefit more from computers connected to the Internet? Jonathan. Well, I, I think market forces are helping us along uh, dramatically. I just saw an ad yesterday for a, um, a new tablet 
uh, that's basically the size of a of an iPad uh, for forty nine dollars. So the, the first barrier historically uh, to using technology has been price. And given the volume of devices that are being produced now, I mean, it, we could get literally to the point where there's, you know, in the United States, 100% penetration, which means there's as many devices as there are people who are here. I mean, and I'm talking about user devices, not just, you know, phones with tablets and such. And so, you know, that, that problem um, being solved, I think, it, it, you just imagine 20 years ago, if you could say it's well within our reach for everyone to be able to have access to you know, a device. The device isn't nearly as interesting to me as now they can spend their time getting access to the services um, because the device is, is going to be very shortly completely disposable. Um, what will never be disposable is the collection of expertise and best practices that, are, that we can now begin to gather and build. And as we do, that means five years from now, Sarah will have created, you know, a, a whole set of uh, lessons and best practices that will be truly helpful. And not just to, you know, kids who are on the spectrum in, you know, her zip code, but everywhere on earth. And that, that, you know, I, I'm not sure we need to, to do a whole lot to make that happen because I think when you give parents access to the network, they are very self-interested. They want to make life easier not only for those they're caring for, but also for themselves. And so I, you know, I think the, we're, we're, you know, very well situated right now. I'm actually very happy with, uh, you know, the way that the world has evolved. It's, it's 2012, and I wish this would have happened 20 years ago, but I'm still quite happy it's happening now. Great. Sarah, to come back to you, now something different. Uh, research. Uh, what you're doing is breaking new ground. That applies to both of you. Um, what's also starting to happen, and I think it's part of what Jonathan was talking about, is that the world I used to be in, which is academic research, is starting to take notice in the way that says, isn't it interesting and probably important, the way in which computers can be so helpful to children with autism and with other mental health challenges, we ought to understand more about the way it's helpful and why it computer technology is helpful. Sarah, therefore, do you, in that sense, see yourself as participating in research? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important. And, and I also think, uh, as we said earlier, I think the connectivity is important. I think that, you know, there are lots of kinds of experts in this field. And, and I always say that, you know, if you're living with it, you are an expert. And so you need to be part of the solutions that are created going forward. And what what users are doing by, you know, by putting, you know, their perspective online is they're saying, this, this is from my expertise, this is how I experience autism. And, you know, the researchers are starting to listen, which is really exciting. I mean, it's not that they didn't want to listen before, it's that they didn't have this kind of access. So, through technology, we can actually bridge the gap and create a living lab where, you know, everyone has a say. Um, and I think that is really, really exciting because um, the needs of the community will, will, will start to, you know, be expressed and, and move forward. Jonathan, do you see yourself as operating a living lab in the way that Sarah described it? Do you see yourself involved in research? Do you think that there's research going on that's important? What do you think? I Undeniably, and I think long run, that's exactly what we would like to do, which is be able to say, um, you know, to individuals who are uh, uh, interested in the field, these are the best practices that our users have identified. 
and we don't want to be the ones who are doing it. We just want to make it possible for others that elect to do it to do so. And, uh, and I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, what, what my uh, brother has found with my nephew is that his diet has an enormous impact on his, uh, on his happiness and on his mood. And how did he find that out? He found that out from talking to other folks in his community. He didn't find that out by talking to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like that um, will continue to emerge, not as doctors get connected, because they've been connected, you know, in some ways for a very long time. It's when, you know, people, when parents get connected, mm-hmm. and also simultaneously when the kids start getting connected. And so long as we can provide them a safe place to do so, we can begin to build these great knowledge bases that will only get better with time. And I think, you know, with uh, objectivity and a little bit of creativity, that, that means there's a whole world of innovation that just will continue to open up for as long as we're around. Right. Now, Sarah, what's your message to family caregivers with family members with autism and other learning differences? What do you want to say to them, Sarah? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, my <laughs> message um, my message is to be heard, to make your needs known, to find a way to communicate them. Um, and because I just think so many of these kids are being underestimated simply because they, of the way they communicate. And so we, it's up to us to create environments where they can, they can do that and they can flourish. And I, and I think it's, you know, it's really exciting. We have so many young self-advocates out there who are, I mean, they're, they're incredible. You know, they, 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 they are creating a new, um, a new vision of autism and they're, they're breaking every stereotype. And, and, and I just, I encourage every child to find, you know, their voice. Jonathan, same question. What's your message to family caregivers with family members with autism and other health conditions like it? Jonathan? I think you, uh, life can be a lot easier. Um, and I think it just takes a little bit of uh, investment up front to go find the right tools and the right communities and the right services. Um, but, you know, again, uh, it, like I said, I, I mean, just in, given my own personal experiences with my parents and and you know, at times with my own children, um, it can be very isolating. Um, but the good news is there's a whole lot of people who want to help and a whole lot of businesses who want to help. Um, and with a little bit of spelunking, you can, you know, save yourself a lot of time, save yourself a lot of grief, and also make your life um, a little bit better. And if you're taking care of yourself, then the odds are good you're going to be doing a better job of taking care of those that need you. So, um, you know, take action. There's, there's lots of great help out there. You just have to go look a little bit. Right. Now, I'm just going to get back to you just from my particular perspective uh, regarding the research. Um, I, my background is I spent many years uh, in the academic world, and I have what's known as an earned doctorate, and it is in the methods of research. That is the way in which we compile data, collect it, and interpret it. What I think is very important is that you both have been coming out with experience-based interpretations based on your own experience. In other words, it's not somebody who's been talking to you. It's what you've personally observed, experienced, thought about, and analyzed. And that is very powerful, what's called empirical data, meaning it relates to real life, it relates to real experiences, and it relates to information that 
researchers like I used to be should take very seriously. So in that sense, you're breaking the new ground where the researchers will then go in and add the detail, understand what's happening, and maybe provide you both with some sort of hints and tips about the way in which you might want to involve your, evolve your technology and evolve your solutions. So if you're already excited, you're right. And if you want to be even more excited, think of yourselves as opening the doors on powerful research, which not only will help in the ways you want it to help, but also help us understand what really is going on in the, in the brains of the people affected by these incurable conditions. So all I can say to you is not only thank you for sharing your experiences, your insights, and your advice, but also to wish you every possible success, all success, because what you're doing is breaking new ground in an area that really does need new ground to be broken. So thank you both very much. Now, I also want to thank our listeners, and we'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear from you about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. And in our next episode, we'll talk about principles for training memory, what family caregivers should know. So please join us same time, same spot on the Internet and talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.